0: You're listening to Guts and Grind with Siju and Sajin, making the real estate journey accessible to anyone.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. This is episode 45 of Guts and Grind. Thank you for clicking. Thanks for watching. We really appreciate you. I am here with Siju Koshi. Siju, how's it going, man? Episode 44. Oh, did I say 45? You know what, guys? Hey everybody, welcome back! No, I'm just joking. It's episode forty-four. Can you believe it? Like we're forty-four episodes in. This is pretty awesome.
0: This is awesome, man. I, I can't believe we've we've been doing it for so long. It's uh, it's good. It's good content we're putting out there. You know, reaching the masses. But no, it's it's good, man. I've, I've been good. It's hanging tight. Brutal heat out here. I mean, it's been triple degrees. I think I posted something on my Instagram saying. This looks like my report card
1: from the day. Don't lie. You ain't making 90s or 100s. Come on, man. Hundreds. Only hundreds. Your report card is more like winter, fall. You know what I'm
0: saying? 70s, 60s. (laughs) No, everything's good, man. Other than that, we're just kind of just, you know, going through summer, enjoying the kids, a fam, and then just working and just grinding, you know. So always on the hunt for deals. Always. That's always on, on top of my mind. And there is more deals out there now. Uh, a lot of things are staying on the market longer due to disinflation. But, you know, other than that, just hang in there. How about you, brother?
1: Same, man. Same. You know, like the inflation thing is kind of discouraging. But, you know, like I like just like you, I always look for properties. And at the very least, just to know what my market looks like, just to know like, hey, what's out there and also continuously running analysis to know Hey, can this deal work? You know, whatever, because you want to stay sharp and you want to, You don't want to get like lazy, right? Yeah. And I feel like even though you might not be in a position to buy right now, it's still good to just keep going, keep doing it because, you know, opportunities are there and you have to be out there to reach it. And if you're not in the game, you can't win, right? So you have to just at least be in it, right? So yeah, but yeah, things are good on our end, man. We're just staying busy working like, like, just like you, summertime. So we're just trying to have fun with the kids and like do little trips here and there. So it's it's good stuff, man. But you know what? let's dive into the episode, right? Let's, let's, let's get right into it.
0: Before, um, before we do, I'll give you a tip real quick tip. Cause you were talking about inflation, right? So we're talking about inflation, how that's a bad thing, blah, blah, blah. Right. But if you think about it, inflation also increase, it also affects the rent. So keep that in mind when you're running your number. So tip of the day, right? So your inflation's going up, but that inflation affects your rent. So the rent's going up as well. And in this market right now, the house prices are kind of staying the same. So think about it. Your numbers may actually work out even though the interest rates are going up. So just a quick tip before we get into this episode. Go ahead, Sarge.
1: Good, man. That's money, dude. That's good stuff. Today's episode, episode 44 is about lease agreement. So we've been on this journey. I think you all know like, how to get from um, just getting your finances ready all the way to buying a house and to getting a tenant, right? So I think the last episode, we talked about screening applicants, right? So let's say you found the right tenant. This is the one for you. Now the idea is to set up a lease agreement between you and the tenant, right? And it's super important. It's a contract between you and the tenant to kind of set the rules as far as what we're doing. What's the rent? Like, you know, basically all the general things that, you, that each of y'all need to know. And it's super important because you put it on paper and no one's the bad guy, right? When you say, hey, on the sixth rent is due and you pay on the seventh, you have to have a late fee. And like, if they say, why are you charging me a life fee? It's like, hey, you signed this contract and everything that we talk about is is on the four corners of this page. You know, this contract is what we have to go by. And so it kind of gives you the ability to say, hey, we're we're both following these rules, whether it's to your benefit or my benefit, it's just what it is, right? Sidju, what's your thoughts on lease agreements?
0: Great segue. It is the contract that you both agree upon. So make sure it's ironclad.
1: I mean, as yeah.
0: as ironclad as it can be, right? So there'll be always be some loophole that somebody will always find, right? So make sure all those things are are definitely locked and, and ready. And once you get to a rhythm of of doing these these lease agreements, trust me, it just becomes like like second nature right so because you know what to what to put in there you know what 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 things are are very important and we're not going to go over everything but we will go over some of the main core items and you can actually google you know texas rental lease agreement and you can actually look up uh, what that is public information look at it and kind of get yourself well versed in this contract that way you can kind of know what to build in put in you can even add stuff that pertains just to you right yeah. whether it's like watering the lawn or, or making sure the lawn stays up cap because of the HOA, things like that. So I'll start with, obviously, initially, it's going to be your contract date, right? So is it going to be a one-year lease? Is it going to be a two-year lease, a month-to-month? What happens once that one year is done? Definitely specify, you know, it does it spill over into a month-to-month? Like that, I like to put all my people into a a year to two year depending on how good the tenant is, and then if they've you know built a good uh, reputation with me, I'll I'll extend a two year to them, right? So, obviously, the the benefit to them if they get a two year is they lock in the rate for two years. The nice thing about having a year is you know, after the year is up, you can actually evaluate the rent, and if it goes up, you know, you can actually raise a rent anomaly for them, right? So that's going to be specified in there. The other thing that you're going to put is your security deposit, the amount. The good thing about putting all this and documenting it is that you can refer back to it. If the tenant moves out and they need to get their deposit back, you know how much you took from them. You know, this is also a record keeping for the landlord themselves. And then like Saj mentioned, you want to build in all your, uh, obviously what the rent rate is going to be per month. And then what happens if they're late? If they're supposed to pay on the first of every month and they don't pay on the first of every month, what are the late fees? Again, this is all things that you wanna specify in detail, that way you can always refer back to it whenever you're in a situation. So if somebody can't pay on the due date, you just say, hey, per the lease, this is what the fees are and you need to pay the late fees on top of your monthly rental. Other fees that I would specify is maintenance fees. If you're managing it themselves, a lot of people put in, hey, an initial visit fee that may have to be paid by the tenant, just a you know, 85 know $95 visit fee. And anything after that is covered by the landlord or whatever it is, depending on the situation. So kind of keep those factors in mind. Those are all flexible, totally up to the landlord. But those are the fees and like the the main pieces of it, at least with the date fees, late fees, and maintenance fees that you want to kind of specify in these contracts.
1: To, to add on that, like, like the first... X amount of dollars is paid by the tenant and then the rest is paid by the landlord. This is a great little feature because I don't want to get a call about a light bulb went out. And so if you're willing to pay me $75 to come out there and change a light bulb, Hey, I'll earn that $75. That's fine. But it makes the tenant think twice about calling you for little things, things that don't matter. But like, I don't know about you said you, but like for water issues and for like AC stuff, things that are like very critical. I, I take care of that fully like, because I want to know immediately and I want to fix it immediately because that could actually damage my property and like things that are big ticket items. Like if there's a, if there's a leak and it's going to like ruin the flooring, ruin the cabinets or whatever it might be, I want to make sure that they don't feel like I better not call them because I have to pay $75 for the first thing. I want them to call me immediately because I need to protect my home. Right. And so like that's baked into my, my, uh, my lease agreement as well. Yep. And, and like, a lot of times, sometimes the tenants don't really read the whole agreement. They just want to move in and they say, oh, this is all boilerplate, it's standard stuff, like let's just sign in and go. So sometimes I like to highlight, hey, just so you know, section seven, uh, item A says this. And so I want you to make sure that you take care of it, especially when it comes to the maintenance stuff, like AC filters and things like that. Like everything's, You need to replace it and do all that type of stuff, right? or uh, water the grass and you know in a timely manner make sure the lawn's mowed all those type of things because i don't want to get calls from hoa i don't want my ac to blow out things like that so i, I highlight things for them that, that i really want to get done but like said you said the lease agreement is the end all be all like we base everything off of that you're allowing the lease agreement to be the bad guy if something goes down right yep but yeah go ahead Sid, you.
0: no all, all all exactly what i was, I was going to say so um, great points on that the other fee that I would add on is, and it's a no brainer, you think it's black or white is pets, right? Uh, up front, usually the tenant should come up to you and say, Hey, I am bringing a pet or I am not bringing a, t- a pet. And it's up to the owner to collect a, a pet deposit. And if not, there's no pets allowed, then there's a violation. There's a fee. You know, I actually have a thousand dollar fee for somebody bringing a pet into my home. If there was no pet deposit put in there. Right. And it's it's strict. Um, I I've even had like a maintenance guy to go to one of my houses and find out that there was a dog in there. And I'm like, they're not supposed to have a dog, you know? And so I've had the conversation with them and I said, Hey, listen, the dog needs to be gone or you're, you're going to get this fine. Right. And so per the lease like you said, the lease is the bad guy per the lease, right? So again, th- th- this is all things that people try to get over you on, because uh, obviously you won't go to the house often. But again, also a, a benefit of having a-, a regular maintenance guy that kind of goes out. So your pet fees can also be specified in these leases too. So make sure you structure it as so. And if so, if you don't have pets, make sure you put in an appropriate penalty as well. It deters them from bringing in animals on, on board.
1: Yeah, no, that's good stuff. And I, I'm kind of on the same page. I, I'm, I'm not opposed to pets. I just want to know about it. And and, yep. and like typically, like if, if they say, hey, we have pets, like I'll allow it, but I kind of want to see a picture of the pet. I want to see what they're about. Because I understand, like, especially like, for example, I have one tenant that's a single lady and she she didn't have a pet initially, right? But when she moved in after the fact, she was like, hey, um, I'd like to have uh, a dog. Like I just got a dog and stuff like that. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, she's single, And you know, like it's added protection for her. It's companionship for her. Like, I don't want to deny that. But I also want to know like, hey, what kind of dog is it? Is it like going to pee all over the house? Like, is it going to rip up my carpets or whatever might be there? And so we vet all that in the process. So like, there is an element of flexibility you have. But there's also the uh, ability to say no, the contract is a contract. So it just gives you a little bit more control on what could happen, right? Yeah, so. and
0: it's, it's actually protection, right? So there's a reason why these pets, they have to be vetted is because for a lot of people that don't know, certain breeds of dogs are not even covered by insurance, home insurance, right? Because they can be a potential threat to, you know, if they get loose, they get out and they bite somebody, that's a, that's a risk for the homeowner, right? Because it affects the homeowner's policy. So that's kind of the reason why we need to know about them. We're, it's not about being against it or not. It's about just having a full understanding of what breeds are being brought in, what's being done. You also want to have some certain level of control over what's coming in and out of that house. So
1: that's right. That's um, right. Now that those are, those are good points. Moving forward, I, I guess we kind of hinted at this earlier, but like routine maintenance for the house, you kind of want to establish that early on, like just right off the bat on the contract. You know, I talked about watering the grass in the summer mowing the lawn on a regular basis, changing out AC filters. Some things might seem very obvious, right? And it, it probably is obvious for everybody, but when you put it in your contract, it makes it very concrete saying, your expectation is to take care of it. And like, I, I even say, water the grass one to two times a week or whatever, or you know, mow the lawn one or two times a week. You know, like those type of specific uh, line items help you out because that way, if you drive by and you check on the property and you see that grass is overgrown, you could immediately call them and say, hey, as for the lease agreement, said that you would take care of the grass. And you know, when HOA notices come, I send it to him and say, hey, if you don't take care of this, we're gonna find you because the HOA is going to find me. Right. So like it kind of gives you again, it's all about protection. And you want to give yourself that that margin to be able to say, hey, this is what needs to happen and this is what the expectations are. And I think generally people want to know where is the box? Like what are my parameters? And then I'll know what to stay into it. And if I get out of it, I know what kind of consequences I do have. So Routine maintenance is something that that's very important in your lease agreement. Any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, just to add on to that, a lot of people actually don't have home ownership experience, right? They can yeah. be coming from apartment to a, a house. And that in itself is way different because everything's handled by a maintenance guy in an apartment, right? right? So keep that in mind, knowing just simple things like, hey, where the water shut off is, where the AC filters go, how often they they don't know that. So a lot of that I feel like is education is from from my experience. I have to kind of educate some of these people, even if they know, I actually just let them know because, hey, it's just saving yourself a headache. If there is a leak or something like that happens, how do I shut the water off? Right. So, yeah, I think some of it is just education and people just really just don't know. And so letting them know that I think is very important. Uh, one other piece that I, I forgot to mention also with, with having pets on a lease, you also need to keep track of the humans. I hate to say it, but <laughs> like I, I I'm in a situation now where like the lease should specify who the lease is contracted under as well as who are the bodies that will be staying in that home because you don't want to be in a situation where you have somebody else living there and they end up taking over the lease because that's what's happening to me right now. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> the the tenant's sister ended up wanting to live in in the home. And I'm like, okay, for the last two months, the sister has been living there. So I'm like, okay, that's not the way a lease works. And so like, I mean, I can have the conversation because I can say, Hey, the lease is with your sister, not you. Right. So,
1: so like, like just to piggyback on that, it's not to say that they're being vindictive or they're trying to like pull, pull one over on you. It could be an innocent thing that they're just doing. Right. Yeah. But on a landlord standpoint, you don't know what that third party is. Like you, don't, you don't know what they're about. You don't know like, right. if they're, if, what their criminal history is. Like, what, what are they bringing into your home, right? And again, like, you're liable for the things that happen in that house, right? And so if the sister is a criminal or whatever, or she's doing some kind of racketeering out of your house, that's a negative thing. Like, that's a bad thing. Typically in our leases, we have like, who's going to be living there and their ages. So that way it's like, oh, it's a husband and a wife and two kids. And this is their ages and blah, blah, blah. And then we also say guests are allowed to come, but after a certain amount of days, they can't be there. They can't be there for a consecutive amount of days, right? Correct. And again, those things could be specifically lined out in your lease agreement and it should be, right? Like those are things that need to be like, just, just, ironed out completely so that way everyone's on the same page
0: all things to protect you that's all it is it's, yeah. it's not about you know not giving a uh, home to live in for someone or anything like that it's about you know making sure you're fully aware and you're fully covered because at the end of the day you could be on the hook for it that's it
1: yeah no that that's it and, and you know i guess that that's a good way to wrap it up i mean this is uh basically the the lease agreement is is your protection it's it, 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 and and i think it should be taken very seriously there's a lot of um standard forms that you could use. And those are fine to use, but it's very important for you to like get a good understanding of it. Like you should read through it. It's boring. It's super boring, but read through the entire thing to get a full understanding of what you're actually committing to. And then if there's any questions about it, you could talk to your realtor or whoever is going to be striking up that contract for you um, to alter it the way you need it to be altered, right? And so that way, if you have a good understanding of it, you're able to explain it to your tenant. And so they have a good understanding about it. And then y'all, it's, it's about building a good relationship to where no one feels like someone's hiding something, right? And, you know, so that way, if everything's on the table. I, I like to be very transparent. Communicate. Really, really with everything, right? And so if I'm trying to be transparent, I want to say, hey, this is my expectations. And you'll probably forget it. So, hey, here's a contract that shows you exactly what my expectations are, right? Any other comments before we close this up, you?
0: No, communication is key. It's key to any relationship, right? So one of the things I've also actually seen, some people actually put an additional addendum to the contract of like just additional list of things that they wish, you know, like of just checklist of items, right? That they want their tenants responsible for and then they have to sign that as well so yeah. make sure you both sign off on everything everybody agrees to everything everybody knows who's responsible for everything so
1: right right that's it that, really that's all you could ask for really so that wraps up this episode episode 44 thank you for making it all the way to the end we really appreciate you make sure you like subscribe comment let us know what you're thinking like we want it to be a conversation i think we say this a lot but we want to know what's in your mind and like if there's answers that you need to your questions, like we might not know the answer, but we'll definitely like research and look into it. And also in the in the comments, we could all talk to each other. And like maybe if we don't have the answer, someone else in the comments might know. So don't be shy. Dive in those comments and let us know what you're thinking. But once again, thanks for watching and we'll see you on the next one.
0: Thanks for listening to Guts and Grind with Siju and Sajin. Be sure to tune in next time.